Coming up on episode 196 of Wheel Bearings, Roberto drives a couple of polar opposite vehicles, the 2021 McLaren GT and the new Toyota Mirai. Nicole tries out the Kia Sorento, and I drive the 2021 Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat. We do a deep dive on the Ford F-150 Lightning that's coming about a year from now. We talk about legalizing level three conditionally automated driving systems in the UK. Caterham is working on an electric version of the 7, and we answer some listener questions. Finally, if you enjoy this show, please make sure to join our Patreon and leave us reviews wherever you can. Thanks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you know you can support Wheelbearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 196 of Wheel Bearings. I'm Sam Abual Sandwich from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakeland with Let's Go Auto by Tell this week. All right. And I am Roberto Baldwin, and I'm going to say Engadget this week because I'm shooting video with them this week. Ooh. Excellent. Fancy. Looking forward to hearing about that. All right. Nicole, what have you been yes. driving? Um, I had a very brief stint in the 2021 Kia Sorento. X line. So it looked kind of fancy. Uh, I like this. I had three days in it. It was a very short loan and now I have a different car. Like I just got used to it and they took it away. (laughs) Um, but you know, I, I'm already a fan of Kia's. One of the things that I like about Kia is that you get, you get a car that looks always on the outside and on the inside, like more than what you paid for it. They do a really fantastic job of I don't know how they do it. Like the the materials, the design, everything about them makes them feel like more than they are. Like if you took the little Kia badge off, you'd be like, oh, I don't know who made this. It must be somebody fancy. Ha ha, it's Kia. Like you just don't, (laughs) you don't realize it. And I think they did that with this one. I mean, the one that I was driving, the X-Line, it was $43,965. And it felt like it was more than a $43,000 car. It felt easy. Like you were driving in something that was like 10 grand more because the interior is 
beautiful. It, it just looks so good. Um, so that's like my favorite thing about Kia's in general. Like, how do they do that? What magic do they use that they can pack the look and the quality of the materials into their cars for the prices that they do? Um, so, I mean, it's it's big so this SUV. Is the new Sorento, right? Not the, the old one that uh, Robbie was driving in Hawaii, right? This is I know I was thinking of you, Robbie. I'm like, this is the new one. I have okay. the current one. You have the whatever one. Um, yes, this is the new the new Sorento. Uh, so, yeah, so it was it was a good drive. I, I was thinking about you were saying about how it worked out for you guys in Hawaii. And I think it was a great choice. I mean, it has. It has the features you want. It, you know, it has a, a good set of standard safety. It's got like a 10.25 inch infotainment screen. Um, and it has second row captain's chairs. I love the captain's chairs. I know you lose a seat when you don't have the bench seats, but the captain's chairs just like, I don't know. I guess if you have a family and you always need three kids to sit in the back seat, it's one thing. But the rest of the time, I like the little division. <laughs> and I like that grownups feel like they have grown up seats when they sit in the middle. You know, yeah, it's, it's you, you, it's comfortable. You feel very important when you're in a captain's chair versus a bench. Um, you know, it's and and the, the to your point about Kia feeling like a much more expensive vehicle. Um, it, 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 I think it's still a little hard to, to get the general public behind Kia. I, I literally today, my cousin, one of my one of my 50,000 cousins, um, sent me a message asking. She needs a third row SUV. And she was asking about the Q7. I was like, well, there's Q7, there's Atlas. I'm all, but you should definitely drive the Telluride. And what did she say? And she's like, oh, oh, okay, really? I'm like, no, I'm telling you, you should really go drive the Telluride. You're going to get there. You're going to look at it. You're going to realize, wait, that's a a Kia. You're going to get inside. You're going to drive it. You're probably going to fall in love with it. But I think it's really, there's still that that barrier that you know that 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 barrier they're like well i don't know it's so hard and you're right because anytime like someone will say oh, i'm looking for and it almost doesn't even matter i'm looking for a crossover i'm looking for an suv three rows and i throw kia out there because they're a good affordable choice they have they hold up you don't have to worry about being broken down on the side of the road like they they're they're good unless you don't change the oil well, but, you know, that'll happen in any car, believe it or not, Sam. Um, but so the, they're a great car, but there's they have this sort of stigma from earlier Kia that they cannot shake. Like people who remember Kia as being something that they were looked cheap, they felt cheap, they didn't. They they were the car, the compromised car once upon a time. Like, yeah. well, I got to buy something. Kia's affordable. I'll buy a Kia. They haven't shaken that with the general public and they really should because they are not that car anymore. They are so much better. Uh, My mom had an old 2007, I think, Kia Rio. Oh, Lord almighty. That thing was not. Not That was not good. It was not good. So when people say, oh, Kia, I'm like, no, I get it. My mom has one of those. (laughs) That's not what they're building today. (laughs) Well, um, you know, for the last. I don't know, two, three years at least, you know, Kia has consistently been at the top of the J.D. Power initial quality survey. Uh, you know, the owner, people that actually bought Kias, you know, will tell you these are great cars. They don't have problems with them. They, they work really well. Um, and, you know, and they, they look good, too. And, you know, their their design language has been evolving, you know, over the last year or so as well, you know, with the uh, with the new Sorento uh and the the k5 and and what we're going to see coming up soon with the um the ev600 or the ev6 mm-hmm. uh sorry um you know they they've really been 
making their maturing their design language, you know, and I mean, I, I've always, you know, for the last decade, I thought they've been great looking vehicles. I thought they had a really cool, unique look to them. And I, I like what they've done with the new Sorento. I had a chance to drive the, uh, do the, the first drive of the, uh, uh, the hybrid version of the Sorento back in November, I think. Oh, how uh, is that? It, it's, it's excellent. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's the, basically the same hybrid setup that was in the Sonata that you were driving last week mm-hmm. with, you know, conventional six speed automatic transmission, um, and the electric motor in there. But instead of the, the 2.5 liter or the two liter, I can't remember a two liter that's in the, uh, in the Sonata, um, they use a 1.6 turbo. So it's got a little more overall power than in the, uh, in the sedans. And it was fantastic. I mean, you, you could not really tell that it was a hybrid from the mm-hmm. way it drove, you know, except for when the engine shut off and it went into electric mode, but you know, the vehicle itself was great. Uh, I really, really enjoyed driving it in the, the, the new interior is, is quite a nice upgrade from what they had before, which, which wasn't bad to begin with. Uh, but uh, you know, I really like some of the details like, uh, and the door panels, uh, by the door handles, the, the kind of diamond pattern that they put in the, uh, in the metallic finish, uh, by the door handles. Uh, you know, it's just a, a really nice little detail and also across the, uh, across the top of the dashboard on the passenger side, they have it there as well. Yeah, they do. That's that's it. There's these there's so many little details. And I think that's what makes it look so different. Like those little details, those little accents are what take an interior from being OK. It looks good. It's nice. It's fine. Whatever to being. Oh, wow. Somebody spent some time to actually make this mm-hmm. look good and make this feel good. And they do it in all of their vehicles. Um, and you see a very definite improvement as you move up the trim ladder like sometimes you don't see much change depending on the car you know it's like oh so they went from you know cloth seats to leather finally on the top trim but how else do you know that this one is better you see it in kia when you get up to things where they have packages and trims that they've got like this one has um it has a Bose surround sound system. It has heated steering wheel. It has aluminum sport pedals. It has, you know, all these little details, the leather seats that look like expensive leather. They're really good looking stuff. You don't find that with every OEM in a car at this price point. Like I said, this was $43,965. It's not like it's a, you know, $18,000 compact sedan. This is a significant vehicle. It's a good size. You're getting a lot of car for that price and it drives beautifully. It's nice and quiet. Um, it handles well. It can more than easily get out of its own way as you're trying to get on the highway. So there's no sense of, of that guy coming up behind you and wondering if he's going to be in your back seat if you can't get moving fast enough, you know, so it's, it's nice to drive. It handles well. And it's just, it's just a stellar experience to sit in that vehicle. Was that the, the 2.5 turbo in there? 2.5 turbo. Yes. So that's like 281 horsepower. And I think it's 281. Yeah. And yeah, 311 pound feet of torque. So it's when it goes, it goes, you know, it's not it. it you don't you in terms of how it drives. It feels like it's feels lighter than you would think for, you know, when you, you look at it, you think, OK, this is going to drive like kind of a heavy vehicle it doesn't it drives like something much it's more sportier than you would expect for its size excellent yeah and what kind of fuel economy did you get out of it i didn't check i only i i only had it for three days on the money so i didn't get you know driving in enough to say yeah the fuel economy is you know good or bad um 
but I know I didn't have to put gas in it. So, you know, pipeline, take that. I didn't need <laughs> gas this week. Oh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Robbie? What did you have? So I had two vehicles this week and I guess I should just start off with the big number, the big one, the, the, uh, I had the McLaren GT $214,000 of, uh, luxury mclaren i think that's you know luxury plush mclaren is there, is there a non-luxury mclaren let's just well, no, see, here's a luxury a, version well, <laughs> the mclarens are typically they're 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 essentially just sports cars <laughs> yeah they're they're, they're supercars but they're really sports cars you get in and you you're you're, you're you know if 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 you're not a fan of having your teeth rattled when you hit a bump then yeah mclaren mclarens are are, are really made for the track and the GT is their, you know, it's their grand tour, their grand turismo uh, vehicle. And it feels like they really didn't have to, there, there, there's not and really any compromise, I think, when, it, when you get into the GT versus, you know, what you would expect from a McLaren when it comes to performance wise. I mean, zero to 60 in 3.1 seconds. I mean, well, there you go. That's all and you got to say. Done, done and done. It, it, it was uh, sluggish compared to a Tesla, though. <laughs> yeah, but if I, I couldn't take a Tesla at the corners I was doing either, I just swap. <laughs> you know, I have never once ever even sat in the McLaren. I've never driven one. I've never, I know nothing other than what you were telling me. Well, today. now that you're a Nactoid juror, we're going to have to address that. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think it someday I would just end up in one. That would be very nice. I, I mean, just, you know, I they, they do have a, one. They do have a new car coming out this year, the Artura. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, I would say that should be eligible for North American car of the year. So let's see if it's eligible to end up in my driveway. Those are two different things. <laughs> well, I mean, it, generally manufacturers try to get, you know, anything that's out, that's, you know, on the list, they try yeah. to get it to all the jurors. So I'm sure they, yeah. they will get you one. I would. It'll be, I a, would. It'll be a surprise for you, though, won't it? It's just like one day it'll be there. It will be like, a surprise. They're always a surprise. It's like, oh, what's today's car? It's it's rare. It's once every six weeks or so. I know it's I knew it was coming today because I knew the Kia was a short loan. But um, yeah, normally surprise. So that will be a surprise. I'll be very excited with if that happens. So so, Robbie, you know, how grand was the touring experience in the McLaren GT? It was very grand. It was very comfortable. You know, I gave a couple people, including my wife, rides in it, and um, they were they 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 all uh, commented on how smooth it drove. And you know, these are people from you know my wife, who's only driven like just regular cars, and she's been in a few supercars with me, but she doesn't seem to care. But she's like, oh, this is kind of nice. To a friend of mine whose father owns like four GTs, and he knows what you know, a supercar feels like, you know, that and he's like, this is actually really nice. We're driving around San Francisco, which isn't, you know, it's just potholes and, you know, there's road issues and it was, yeah, it, it, it drove very well in comfort mode, even in sport mode. It felt, you know, very, you know, uh, it's a respectable, you know, you get the nice leather seats. You can get cashmere if you want, apparently they didn't really cashmere. That's cashmere, cashmere on, and microfiber. And I don't know where it goes. Wait, like where would you put cashmere on? I don't, to, on, I on don't a know. Seat? Uh, on the I, headliner, I, I think. On the headliner on something. I don't so know. So you could just like reach up and be like, ooh, cashmere. Which, I, it's cashmere. Which I, I, I'm, not, I'm not complaining about. I'm like, that could the, be kind of cool. They, they, I, li- they line the glove box in cashmere. So when you reach so in, you to, reach in, when you reach in to grab your registration uh, for the police officer, you know, it. Given how often you'll be doing that, you'll be doing that like once a week when you drive a McLaren. So it needs to be a nice, comfortable spot for you to continually reach into. (laughs) 
in that any car that I have that is any type of sporty, um, when I'm driving around the, the the highway near my house, a charger or a challenger will pull up next to me and try to race me every single time. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not going <laughs> to race you in a McLaren because you're just driving a black charger and those are a dime a dozen around here. I'm in a bright white McLaren. <laughs> Who's and, getting pulled over in this? Yeah, and, exactly. And, 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 Who's going to get a ticket? Well, and also, how many of those plain black chargers are, you know, unmarked police cars? Exactly. They're like, hey, look at this. We're gonna get <laughs> easy that was money. A, that was one of my favorite things about driving a charger is that you drive up and people get out of your way because they all assume you're a police car until you're not. You're like, hey, hey I'm not. Just move, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was I, I was I was very uh, pleased at how how comfortable the vehicle was. I mean, it's still, you know, you're still going to feel it. it's it's not a BMW. It's not a Mercedes. It's not even, you know, it's not Aston Martin. It's, you still feel something. But I preferred it over the Aston Martin, the Vantage. So um, could you is it something you could actually like daily driver it? Could you, you really could daily? Be, I, I mean, here's I, the thing. You could you could. This is the daily driver McLaren. So if you're super rich. Yes. And you have, let's say, a G-Wagon and okay. you need something just to tout around town. Sometimes you want to go a little bit quicker. You yes. can get a McLaren for $214,000. And I, I will tell you, every supercar, every sports car I get is the most terrifying experience because there's always the concern about that front spoiler. That front spoiler is oh, the God. bane of my existence. Mm-hmm. Going um, over those steep driveway ramps and speed going over. Exactly. It's always the cement, the little cement things that they put at the edge of a parking spot so that, yeah, you know, <laughs> and you're like, I end up, it's like, I'm five feet away from it. My husband's like, you can pull in a little. I'm like, oh, I guess I can. No, it's close that. enough. That's, that's <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to risk get it. Closer. Yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're 24 inches from the curb. I'm like, you know, that's good. That's close <laughs> enough. That's too close. Who knows? It could shift a little bit while we're inside eating dinner. I wouldn't want it to fall and hit the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think, well, I think, you know, the GT, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, like you can lift, open up the rear yes. glass cover and you can put long objects in there, you know, across the top of the, the engine bay. Right. So like, yeah, so I, I think, I think I saw somebody put a, a surfboard in one. Well, it, that, that had to be a really tiny, it's not or that deep. <laughs> okay. It's um, you know, they're, and they're selling like very, very, very expensive McLaren, maybe, like golf clubs, but you can put like skis in there or snowboard yeah. in there. Uh, you could put, um, you could probably put, one maybe two carry-ons in there really the the it's and it's like 15 cubic feet or so of of lug of space what is it it's that that the 14.8 cubic feet of storage in that that bay but it's very like like shallow. thin and shallow and long yeah. but you can get stuff in there the 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 sort of the money even though it's it's less cute it's only 5.3 cubic feet the the frunk i guess you would the stowage area in the in the uh, the front of the vehicle that's like a nice square you can just shove you know and that's where i carry on bag in there yeah i stuck my grocery you know, bags I, yeah you can put your grocery bag your carry-on bag everything you want in there anything you don't want to get warm while you're driving around because that stowage area behind you with that giant hatchback um it's it's right above the, the engine so it i wouldn't toasty. I wouldn't recommend putting ice cream there or computers or <laughs> anything you don't want to get warm. If you if you get some food to go, maybe it's a good that's a good place to put it. That's how you get, like you don't need one of those little fancy little warming bags. They have like a Domino's. You're like, no, wait, I'm just going to put this on top of my engine. We're good. I'm just going to put this in the back seat behind my, the front seat of my McLaren. It's gonna and we're be great. fine. Like, it's gonna yeah. be great. 
When you make those fast food runs all the time in your McLaren, like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, you know, I threw what I have in the, I had a bunch of stuff. I had my, my backpack, I had my camera gear, I had a, uh, you know, packed up. um, uh, I wanted to say sticks. What's the tripod? I had, you know, I had a bunch of, I just kept throwing stuff in there and I'm like, oh, this is fine. I really didn't put anything in the, in that long because I'm always terrified. They have like little cross men, like, like, they have like nets you can put in there and all this stuff that comes with it. But it's always the, like, what if I stop and then all this stuff just comes and smacks me in the back of the head. That would yeah. be uncomfortable. Exactly. And it'd be warm at the same time. So no one wants that. Uh, <laughs> and you don't want, you don't want pizza all over the back of your head. So yeah, you don't want pizza all over the back of your head. That would be a mess. But um, no, it was, I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, it's, it's uh, what is it? The, it's four point what is the the clearance four point three inches and then the front end oh uh you can lift it up to five point one so pulling into my driveway was fine even without lifting up the front end I was able to go over speed bumps which oh. I had this I had the super fast about 18 24 months ago and that thing was terrifying because it didn't have any sort of lift and everything felt like mount everest i was that I, i'm glad that they only gave me that car for like two or three days you were cool was, with that i was i was very happy about that and we we had to park it at someone's house who didn't have any sort of lip uh to get into the garage but they did have a little bump and we had to drive over that so damn slow <laughs> so yeah the, the 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 gt it's it's one of the least expensive and not the least expensive mclaren I feel like it's going to be a big hit with the LA crowd, the people who want, you know, the doors to go up uh, like this and the, uh, you know, the cachet of owning McLaren, but also who don't want to have it scrape up all the, all the time and don't need their kidneys, you know, battered about every time they hit a speed bump. See, I feel like you can't even drive something like a McLaren here. Forget trying to get in and out of a driveway just because our roads are such a mess this far Northeast. It's like a typical road. You're like, Oh, I just bottomed out the car. Whoops. You know, <laughs> Yeah, I, I drove it over to uh, to Treasure Island, which has that sort of same issue. That, you know, and um, to take a few more pictures. And by the time I got over there, it was like my third day with the car, and I was like, "Yeah, it was fine." Blah 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 blah. blah. Driving over speed, you know, I was like, "Ah, you know, the first day you're terrified." And then yeah. The more you drive, the more comfortable you get, and you're like, "Well, there's actually room to do stuff with." I think there's going to be there's there are people, <clears throat> potentially other auto journalists who. Um, who, who who might poo poo it, you know, because it's not a true McLaren for whatever it's, reason. It's the McLaren for posers. <clears throat> yeah, it's like the McLaren for it's like people who are still angry about the Cayenne, yeah. like the Porsche. <laughs> you know, sales of the Porsche Cayenne help Porsche allow Porsche to make a 911 variant for every single person who wants to buy a 911. Yeah, every every and if you want a 911 variant, just call them; they'll make it for you. They don't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you want. We'll build it. <laughs> they got well, the well, and, and, and they, that's that's exactly the thing with Porsche. You know, they they will literally build you anything you want as long as you you know give them your checkbook. You know, yep. give them the, so just just sign the check. We'll fill in the numbers later. When we you figure know. it out, we'll let you know what you yeah. paid. <laughs> you, you you want you want to match what color on your drapes? Not sure. a problem. We can we can do that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. There was a Rolls Royce. Somebody was telling me a story about Rolls Royce where a guy wanted the wood inlay inside his Rolls Royce came from a tree on his family's property. Like wow. it was one of the trees on the estate and it had fallen down or something. I would like to use this wood inside my Rolls Royce. I'm like, really? You have an estate and you use one of the tree. Okay. 
Well, you see, that's the difference between a rich person and like a regular person is that a regular person like, yeah, I got a farm and a tree fell over. But no, this person had an estate. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Well, on the I estate. Got a, I got a bunch <laughs> of land up uh, up north. Nope. No, you have an estate. You have an estate. <laughs> yes. So, uh, right. yeah, the Rolls Royce. And then I also I, I'm, I'm currently driving the Mirai. Um, I've driven it before. Um, it's a it's a nice Toyota. It's probably one of the best looking sedans, if not the the best looking sedan in my opinion. Um, but it's also hydrogen, which means I can only drive it here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't know well, if you guys there, have even there's, there's we, I mean there's there's a, a decent number of hydrogen stations around the Bay Area. Yeah, you know, it's not yeah. it's not that bad. Uh, you know, I've 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 driven I drove the original Mirai around there and the uh, uh, the Honda Clarity and uh, what else? Uh, Nexo. I think that's it. Uh, no, I didn't, I drove the Nexo down in Southern California, but I drove, yeah, I drove the Clarity and the, and the Mirai, uh, both, you know, around the Bay area and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, a, wasn't that much of a problem to find hydrogen stations. It was expensive, but it wasn't, you know, I could, we I could, actually, yeah. we actually apparently have hydrogen stations, at least in mass, like in the Boston area, but you can't really use them for your car because there's also last time I checked with Toyota and it could have changed in the last year, but I probably not. There's a law in the books that you can't have gas canisters in tunnels or on bridges within the city limits. And that is a gas canister. So therefore you cannot take the Mirai any place where you would go through a tunnel or over a bridge. So they have the facilities to fill them up, but they can't legally drive them. So not working so much at the moment. So, so presumably you could not, you also could not drive uh, a natural gas vehicle or a propane powered. Vehicle I think I would in- think any kind, it was the, it was the can't, the gas is God, what did they say? But it was like the gas, the canisters of gas. You couldn't take a canister, a gas canister, even though it's, so I'd assume anything it would be a gas canister would technically violate that particular law. And they were trying to, you know, do what they could to say, Hey, can we yeah. make some adjustment to account for vehicles that run this way? But because there was no real public demand, there was no real like incentive on the part of the people the, who would the make those people rules. That want a fuel cell vehicle. Right. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't enough for them to be, let's go to bat for those three people. Nope. So it hadn't happened yet. That was, it was a little while ago that I, maybe a year ago was, I had that they were, I was talking to him about it. I can't imagine it's changed. Could have maybe the law changed during the middle of the COVID pandemic, but I doubt it. <laughs> so Robbie, did, have you, did you get, ever get a chance to drive the original Mirai? Yeah. Yeah. I drove the original Mirai. That was an, uh, well, ugly car. Um, the new Just one is, is, yeah, the new one is much better. Um, even driving a new one's much better. Uh, the, you know, the old one, you know, it's like driving a Camry. It was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't anything exciting. It was, you know, I drove it around San Francisco for, I think a day. Um, this new second generation, uh, it's rear wheel drive. And it's funny because when, when they announced it, like, Oh, it's rear wheel drive. Did you do that for performance? Or like, no, that's just where it worked best. Uh, you know, based on how we laid everything out in the hydrogen system, yeah. <laughs> so all of us, everyone in the room's like, "Oh, rear wheel drive, awesome!" <laughs> like, so you no, don't get that. excited. And then the engineer's like, "Nah, that's just where it fit." Yeah. <laughs> it's the only place we had space left for a motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, they 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 shrunk down a lot of the the elements of the their hydrogen uh, powertrain between the first and the second generation. Uh, you know, you get in the car, it's super comfortable. It you know drives really well. It's kind of plush. It's you know you have it. It feels it feels closer to a Lexus than 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 a than a Toyota. Um, it's sort of like what what Honda was trying to do with the Clarity line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, trying to like up 
you know push up the the interior um but you know it's it's it you know handles pretty well it has a, like a little bit of a you know that cadillac you know uh what do you call it the the, the, the smooth float, the floatiness the, the floatiness there yeah, yeah it floats a little bit um you know no one could of... see you with your hands he's like making this floating motion and <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, i'm sorry what is he trying to show us <laughs> you know everyone we're gonna have you have to put gifts in there of just me doing yeah. things um <laughs> You know, it's 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 definitely you know it has an it's it's an EV powertrain, but it's still not. I mean, it's zero to sixty in nine point one seconds, even in sport mode. I was, you know, so it's you're, you're not. So it's a little bit slower than the McLaren, just a little. Just a, a tad bit. A tiny, slower. tiny it's, bit. It's just what is it? A uh, six seconds. But what's six seconds yeah. between between friends? But, you, but uh, you can take a few more of your friends with you in it, though. You can only exactly. take one friend in the McLaren. You can yeah, take three. In the, in the... And they're all going to be real comfortable in the, <laughs> in, in the, uh, in the Mirai. Um, yeah. It's, you know, overall it's, it's a good, it's a good sedan. It's a good car. It's just, it's sort of trapped by the infrastructure and, and Toyota, they, they partner with people, but they don't put any money into it. And it's, it's, you know, they, they, I don't think Toyota's ever going to give up on hydrogen. And I think hydrogen is great for, long haul trucking. I think that's where it's going to find its, its place in the world. Um, but for, for, for passenger vehicles, I mean, we've been talking the last, you know, I feel like I've been talking to Toyota about hydrogen for the past seven, eight years. And every year like, Oh, we're getting a way more, you know, it's this, this is expanding in California and this is expanding in California and this is expanding in California and this, and every year you get like one or two stations, additional state. I know shell now has stations with hydrogen here in Northern California, but for the most part, it's, the the infrastructure sort of build out is is just too slow there's not you know it's it's demand versus like how much do we need um it you know they can't they don't have the government behind them like south korea yeah that's that's definitely an issue i mean i the very first uh media trip i ever took when i started writing for autoblog back in fall of 2006 was um with uh honda uh to california for a drive of the um, the FCX, it was still the concept then. You know, this is before the first Clarity. Um, mm-hmm. They brought us out and we we drove it at uh, Laguna Seca. And you know, it, Honda. You know, Honda is the other company. You know, besides Hyundai and, and Toyota, that you know is still really into fuel cells. And you know, they were they were pushing it hard then, and still hasn't really gone anywhere. There's, so far, there, right now, there's 51 hydrogen stations. In North America, between the U.S. In and the Canada, fifty-one in 51. all of North America. Yes. You think about how the the electric, the EV charging infrastructure, and how much more robust that is, but still, how unwilling people are to accept that they have a place to charge their EV, and we have fifty-one hydrogen fueling stations. Fifty-one. <laughs> we yep. got a ways to go before anybody is convinced on that. Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I've and I've asked Toyota, I've, I've asked Toyota point blank about it. I'm like, well, why would I buy this car that I couldn't drive? Let's say if I wanted to go to Ohio, but I can buy an EV and I can charge that. Anyway, I mean, I might not have a charging station, but I can charge it at home. I can refuel this car at my house versus a hydrogen, which is if you just can't get to it, that's it. You're done. Right. right. So it's it's it, it's a it's a weird push. I think Toyota will continue to do it. You know, they've been doing it with uh, down in, in Long Beach with their sort of long haul or not, not long haul, short haul trucks down there. So they've been, they've been working on it for the trucking, you know, side and the shipping side. So it, again, it makes way more sense for that. Um, it makes a little bit less sense for passenger vehicles, but I see Mirai's on the road, like actual yeah. people are buying. Yeah, them, there's, so. there's actually a surprising number of Mirai's and Clarities uh, around the Bay Area. 
Yeah, it's it's a pretty. I think they get a. It's a good lease. You get free fueling, and you get fourteen or twenty one days of a free, uh, like car rental. So if you want to go on a trip, you know, you can. If you want to drive to Vegas or something, yeah, you can. You can drop your Mirai off. I guess it's a Toyota dealership, and they'll give you a. I don't know, a Camry or so. Just get, so for fourteen, so you could just take a rental and go wherever the heck you wanted to go. Like yeah. I wonder. Wow, yeah. that's so if you cool. want to drive to LA. I mean, you. I think you could drive. I think there's there's a hydrogen station along the five between LA and San Francisco. Yeah, but near, I, near Fresno. I, yeah, but I wouldn't. I don't know. I. I, I <laughs> that's one of the ones where I'm like. I don't know. That's a, someone would have to pay me for that. That'd have to be a story <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> just me going for it. Um, but, you know, if you want to drive to L.A., you could, you know, I guess turn in your Mirai and they'll give you something else. I don't know if they'll give you something, anything you want. Or there's probably like some, you know, a few choices. Probably like make. pages and pages of ifs, ands or buts. But yeah, 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 yeah. probably probably just give you like an Avalon or, you know, a Rav yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's huh. So, yeah. Mariah right. McLaren, the M's of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I had something completely different. Um, the uh, 2021 Dodge Durango SRT Hellcat. So it, at one point last week uh, when we were doing the transition, when they were dropping it off, I had 1,410 <laughs> horsepower in my driveway uh, because, you know, with the TRX parked next to the Durango, uh, you know, I had two Hellcats in the driveway. You know, the, the Hellcat, you know, is, as we discussed last week, you know, it's just, it's an absurd engine in 2021, but it's a great engine. I love it. You know, it's, yeah. the the noise it makes is wonderful. Um, but strangely enough, in the Durango, you know, the Durango is a three three row SUV uh, based on the same platform as the, the current Grand Cherokee. Uh, and, you know, it's, just, it's essentially a longer version of the Grand Cherokee. And uh, in the unlike in the uh, uh, the TRX, you know, the Durango is not lifted up or anything. It's, you know, it's it's, you know, at a normal height. and it was it was odd because it's actually seemed louder in the Durango than it did in the uh, in the pickup. Uh, you know, the the engine was making a lot more noise and just driving around town. It you know, there seemed to be more of a drone from the from the engine. And I could I after driving it for a few days, I could definitely see where it would start to get a little tiresome after a while. Um, you know, there was just a little too much of it. It wasn't there just when you're accelerating hard. I mean, it was there yeah. all the time. Do you think it would get tiresome or do you think you were going in that like, okay, you had it, it was fun and cool. And then it started to get tiresome. But then if you kept it for another week, would it have gone the other way? And now it's just become a background noise. You're not even that's, aware that's of possible. it possible. It's hard. It's hard to tell. You know, I'd have to get one, you know, for an extended, you know. Yeah, I think what you need is a, is a one month loan of the or, Durango. You know, three or four years, you know. <laughs> yeah, that ought to, that ought to explain yeah. it for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that could that way I could be absolutely sure that it wasn't something that was going to go away, you know, or you yes. know, that I wouldn't be able yes. to tolerate for an extended period of time. <laughs> Unfortunately, um, the, the Durango Hellcat is going to be a one and done product one model year only they're building 2000 of them for the 2021 model year and that's it um for for once those 2000 are built there will not be any more because updated emissions regulations um they can't they are not able to make the durango hellcat meet the new um evaporative emission standards stupid Um, emission standards ruining all the fun (laughs) i know 
grumble, I, grumble, grumble. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, this thing is just stupid fast. Uh, I, you know, I went out to a remote location where there was nobody around that I could disturb. Um, uh, hit the switch on the uh, center console for launch control. That one of the nice things about this, uh, both the TRX and the Durango, the launch control is really easy to use. It's just, just one switch on the center console below the uh, below the infotainment system. Hit that. It's enabled. Put your foot on the brake. Put your put your left foot on the brake. Your right foot on the gas pedal all the way to the floor. When the uh, message on the cluster says you can take your foot off the brake now, you do that, and it just shoots and. Three, 3.4 seconds, zero to 60. Um, and uh, it was uh, it, it, it was fun. It was, it was very good. Um, you know, this thing is expensive. Uh, it was, uh, let's see, uh, the base price on the Durango Hellcat starts at uh, $81,000. Uh, and the, or actually uh, $82,490 when you factor in the, uh, uh, the delivery charge. And the one that I had, uh, which had a, a few options on there, had the, the rear seat uh, DVD entertainment uh, system uh, for two grand, uh, the trailer tow package, uh, the premium interior group with the suede headliner and assorted other stuff, um, and the 19th speaker Harman Kardon audio system um, came to a grand total of $90,350, uh, which is a very expensive Durango. Um, but it's, it's actually about the same price as the, uh, Grand Cherokee Trackhawk that I drove a couple of years ago. Um, and, uh, when I, when I had the Grand Cherokee, I had that one in like February and, you know, it was hard to find a dry road when I had it, but it was, it was still, you know, remarkably capable on a, on cold, wet pavement on that, with that one, I did zero to 60 in 3.6 seconds. And the, so if you had to pick. You can have the Durango or you can have the Jeep. You can only have one. It can be the only one. It's it's like the Highlander, not the Toyota, the guy with the sword. I would Which probably one? I would probably take the Jeep. The uh, Jeep. You know, yeah, because I don't really need a three row. Um, you know, so it's a little little bit shorter, a little bit lighter. Not a lot lighter. I mean, you know, these things are all pretty hefty. Hefty with a anything with a Hellcat in it's going to be pretty hefty. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think I like, and I kind of like the look of the Jeep uh, a little better. Um, yeah. But you know the. I don't mind the Durango either. You know, I think I like the Durango, you know, as a three row SUV, if you, if, if that's what you need, you know, I think it's a, it's a really good looking three row SUV. And for 2021, um, Dodge has, uh, revamped, they've, they've redone the interior. Uh, so it's, it's gotten, you know, another mid cycle refresh. So it's got an all new dashboard, uh, looks even a little more premium than before. Uh, it's a, it's a good looking setup and it has the new Uconnect five infotainment system in there, which is based on Android automotive, um, so, uh, it's, uh, it's got built in, uh, Amazon Alexa voice services. So, you know, if you're, if you're an echo user, you can, um, you can use the, the infotainment system just as you would your echo at home, uh, use, do, does all the same commands. Um, and you know, it's, it's roomy and, and comfortable, uh, for, you know, in this case, six people, because it, it had captain's chairs in the second row. Um, the, the front seats, uh, you know, at, since it's got a Hellcat in there, they've put the sport seats in there, uh, which are quite comfortable. They're, they're a little wider than most sport seats, um, which I think, you know, is appropriate given kind of who the likely customer is for this vehicle. Um, you know, it's not, you know, it's not like the narrower sports seats that you would typically find in a sports car, uh, but they, they definitely keep you in place. 
um what else uh yeah i mean it's it's good it, it's a you know it's a good vehicle um you know if that's you know if you're looking for a stupid fast you know three row suv and who isn't of course i mean just yeah. you know it's, when it's when you don't need to haul you know when you don't need to you know go racing across the desert you know and you you want to just drive around town it, you know it's a it's a good choice it'll work yeah it's 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 really tough for me in my brain even though i just said you know, the McLaren's only $214,000, but it's really hard for me to wrap <laughs> my head around a $90,000 Dodge. Dodge Durango. <laughs> yeah. Because a Dodge Durango at one point about 10 years ago was the punchline yes. and like, uh, like something I was doing with somebody else who, who, uh, in automotive and, um, and, and, and yeah, the one year I can understand, you know, it's only one year mission because there's not an emission law that FCA doesn't hate. Right now, I don't right. know how I don't know how Stellantis feels uh, now with their, you know, <laughs> but I can tell you that there was never been there's never been an emission law that hasn't irked the folk, the fine folks at FCA. Uh, but uh, well, they're they're scrambling to stuff the Hellcat into anything they can while they still can before they have to start going electric. I'll be um, so sad when the Hellcat isn't like when it just yeah. has to go away. I mean, it's also like that's a pretty darn cool name. Like they could have. Oh, just- yeah. You know, whoever came up with that, I'm like, good job. Give that guy a raise because that's a fantastic yeah, I mean, name for it. Instead of some know? stupid alphanumeric. Right. It's not like the 594 C2. It's like Hellcat. OK, yeah, exactly. I'll take that. Hellcat. You know, <laughs> turns out the guy's um, name is Jim Hellcat. It's, yeah, yeah, that's it. Jim Hellcat. <laughs> Um, one, one, one other, uh, element of this thing, um, it, it does have somewhat of a thirst for, um, uh, premium fuel, uh, uh, petroleum products. No. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, it did do a little better than the TRX, which got like nine and a half miles per gallon. This one got a whole 11 miles per gallon. Oh, it got into double digits. Oh, though. It did get that's into double a, digits. That's yeah. something. Uh, well, it's a it's, big, yeah, it's a it's, big it's car. It's EPA rated at 12 city, 17 highway, 13 combined. Um, and I, I managed about 11. And I know it's that's that, that's terrible, but at the same time, you're not buying this. No, you give two hoots about fuel economy. This is not even <laughs> remotely on your list. If that's if that's in and, your top ten, this isn't yeah. on your list. Yeah. And, you, know? you know, I mean, in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, since they're building so few of them, it you know, it's not going to have any real impact anyway. You know, uh, I would I would guess a fair number of them are probably going to end up as garage queens. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you know the rest will. Yeah, you know, we'll be pulled out on Saturday morning to go to Cars and Coffee or something like that. You know, and that's or, about it. Or Friday night at the drag strip. You could it's be the, right. It's this century's GMC Typhoon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if you if you ever had a chance to drive a Typhoon or a Cyclone. We we I try our our we tried to get my friend's dad to buy one. He was he was looking for it, and <laughs> we were really pushing. Like, you got to get your dad to buy the Typhoon. He's a big car guy, and he was, we were so close. We were so close, and he got the Jimmy instead. <laughs> uh, when I, my first job out of college, I was working at the GM Proving Grounds. I was working for what was then Delco Moraine on ABS systems, and this was in 1990. 90, it was 91 um, mm-hmm. when uh, the when the Cyclone was just announced. And they brought one over to our garage and had a chance to take it out on the the track and play around with it a little bit. And it was wicked fast in a straight line, but that was literally all it could do. (laughs) You turn the wheel, everything goes crazy. You stop, everything goes crazy. Cornering, no. But (laughs) going from zero to whatever speed it could get to in, in very few seconds, 
It was great at that. So it, it basically had one job and it did it well. All the it, other it, jobs, yes. not so much. That's right. You have one job. <laughs> You're going to do it well. You're going to be good at it. And the it was good them, at that one yeah. job. The rest of it, yeah. Yeah. And so, and, and you know, it's funny because that was, you know, the cyclone and the and the, uh, uh, the typhoon were based on the, the first generation um, S10, S15 platform. Mm -hmm. And I actually all through college, I drove an 84 GMC S15. So I, I had, I had basically that truck, but with a little, a puny little Isuzu 1.9 liter four cylinder and a four speed manual. Um, wow. And, uh, you know, so it was, it was funny going into this thing. Uh, but anyway, this, you know, the Durango handles much better, rides much better, you know, has actual brakes with, you know, brake, big ass what a novel Brembo, idea. Brembo calipers <laughs> on there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it can stop, it can turn, you know, so it does all that, all that stuff that you expect of a performance vehicle and hauls, you know, six or seven people. So it's, it's good. It's worth it. Go for it. Buy one. Go buy one. It's only yeah. $90,000. Only, only 90 grand. Nah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's 80 something, you know, by the time you get out, it's going to be 90. You could get yeah. two of those or a McLaren. You get two of those exactly. or one McLaren. There you yeah. go. Well, well, you, 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 like I said, you buy one TRX and one Durango Hellcat, you know, and then you've got you know, fourteen hundred horsepower, and you know if you if you if you need to you know go to Lowe's and get some bags of cement, you know you can throw those in the TRX. Of course, you got to lift them up, you know, into the yeah. bed. Of it's the a thing. little workout to get them into yeah. the TRX. Yeah, and then you know if you got to take the kids, you know, on a road trip to visit grandma, you know, then you know you take the Durango. Your life is perfect, done yeah. and done. Yes, exactly. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. Time for some news. Um, so uh, let's start off uh, the quick one. Uh, the United Kingdom is about to legalize um, conditionally automated vehicles. There, a lot of the headlines, various headlines out there, you know, they're talking about uh, legalizing autonomous cars or self-driving cars. And that's a little mm -hmm. bit of an exaggeration. It's not quite that. Um, back uh, just about a year ago now, a little less than a year ago. Um, the uh, UNECE, which is a, a UN body um, that 
works. There's 60 member countries that are part of this. Uh, they uh, w- one of the things they do is harmonize regulations across different countries, and and part of part of that is harmonized automotive regulations, sa- automotive safety regulations. Uh, so <clears throat> they uh, they passed uh, a regulation for what we call level three conditionally automated cars. So these are cars that you can take your eyes off the road and hands off the wheel um, under certain conditions, but then you also have to be prepared to retake control within about 10 seconds if, it, if the vehicle tells you to. And um, the, the regulation states that you can only do this on um, divided highways, geofenced, you know, divided highways at speeds up to 60 kilometers or 37 miles an hour. Um, and there has to be a driver monitor system and all that. And so countries are gradually, you know, member UNEC member countries are gradually deploying those regulations. They're, they're taking the, the global regulation and adapting their own, whatever their current regulations are to fit that. And so that's what the UK is doing. Um, you know, it's basically a traffic jam pilot system. You know, if you're stuck yeah. in traffic on the highway, stop and go traffic, you can turn that on and you can sit back and relax and do your email or text or something, you know, uh, just can't climb in the back seat and take a nap. What do you think? You got any interest in something like that? I, you know, I think it, I mean, it sounds like a great idea, but I think it's not really cool until it can do it. at speeds more than 37 miles an hour. Like the, the, it's so it's just, like you said, it's just a traffic jam aid at the moment. You know, it's not something that's really going to let until I can, I don't know, sit in the back seat and read a book or take a nap. It won't really feel like I'm in a self-driving car. It'll just feel like I'm in something that helps me drive and make sure I don't hit that rogue cat that ran in the road or whatever. And, you know, helps, but doesn't really drive for me unless it can drive for me all the time. I'm still going to be paying hundred percent attention. Cause I'm not going to know that moment when it's going to need me. So it doesn't really feel like a self-driving car. Well, I'm glad you'll be paying attention because there's a there's there's a bunch of drivers that aren't like the, the guy that was just arrested in the Bay Area for uh, riding in the back seat of his Tesla. You see, uh, I can't do that because because even like you just know like oh it needs you. It's like great, it needs me. Let me climb from the back seat. To the, no, I need it to not need me, or or the road has my full one hundred percent attention. For me, there's no halfway. Either I am driving, or you don't need me to drive anymore. There's not this. Well, I might in a minute. No, 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 no. You either need me or you don't. <laughs> well, that, that's that's sort of the debate that a lot of automakers were having for a while was whether or not they wanted to go to level three or just skip level three and go directly to level four or level five. Because level three requires you not to be totally paying attention, but to have to take over. And so you 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 end up with we already have complacency with level two and level like two plus or whatever you want to call uh, um, autopilot and um, super cruise. Where and especially with with autopilot, because there's no in-car monitoring of the person mm-hmm. other than holding the steering wheel and you know adding a little bit of torque to the steering wheel. Um, so we already have issues with complacency on that. If you have this level three system, I feel like people you just can't trust people without. <laughs> you have to have some sort <laughs> I think of. You can, I think in- you can stop right there. You just can't trust people. Period. That's, that's, all, that's all you need to say. Yeah, and I think level three is. Um, you know, I enjoy like, like BMW has something similar to this. Well, you still have to pay attention, but you can take your hands off the wheel, like Super Cruise yeah. up to, I think, I think it's probably 37 I or 40 miles yeah, an 30, hour. Yeah. 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 So you can, you know, you're in traffic. I get stuck in Bay Area traffic a lot when I have to go into the city. Um, if I could, I guess, check Twitter, which I, you know, while and instead while I was doing that, I guess that would be better. 
um, as opposed to, to watching the road, but I'm always going to be watching the road um, just because that's, you know, I, I've been in enough Teslas. I've been, you know, where they just did crazy things in, in autopilot mode. I have no idea how this person got in the back of their car. They got arrested, but they're sure. Whatever. Um, he, he, he claims to have done like 40,000 miles that way, yeah, driving well, back and forth from. You know, but that, he claims probably a lot of things. That's, yeah. that's, when, that's what happens when you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> right? wants, no, he I, wants headlines. So I look at it like, you know, when you're saying you have to take over, even like you're checking, say you're checking Twitter or whatever. And the, and the car is now like, go ahead, check your Twitter. I'm fine. I got this. The minute it doesn't, you know, it's that that like if you're immersed in what you're doing, holding your phone, reading your book in whatever not paying attention thing that you're not paying attention to suddenly have the car demand your attention. There is that that brief moment where you're sort of doing that. Wait, what? What what do I need to look at? Is it from the front? Is it from the back? What's happening? So if there's that sort of emergency reaction type thing that you're required to do, you're given up a couple of precious seconds where your mind is like, where is the danger? And you don't know where you're looking. So I feel like I need to be looking because I'm going to look out my driver's side window and know it's coming from the right. And now I have not done the right thing and a truck has hit me or whatever. I, I, I feel like you're. I just I'm like, no, I, I need to be paying attention to driving until it can yeah. say, like, I will get you out of the way of that Mack truck barreling towards you. Yeah, I want to be focused on what the road is doing and what, what the car is doing. I wouldn't be able to relax and read the book. I'd still be like with one eye watching what was going on. <laughs> you're always you're always looking left and right. Left and yeah, right. I like look really shifty now. Like I'm really nervous because <laughs> I can't really focus. I'm like, wait, is the car OK? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Driver, it, it, it all can driver monitoring with cameras. Make sure your eyes are on the road. And I still feel like we should probably just skip level three. If I, I agree, but that. unfortunately, automakers are going to do it anyway. They're they're doing it, so uh, yeah, going to have to deal with it. Audi tried to do it a couple of years ago, and then they were like, "Oh wait, no one will let this." Do this. Yeah, they, they put the hard, <laughs> they put the hardware in, but they never actually enabled the software to do it because yep. um, it wasn't legal. Um, but. Uh, Mercedes is doing it this year on the S class. Um, and, uh, there's, there's a few others. Uh, GM is going to launch ultra cruise probably in 2023, um, which is, is likely to be an L3 system. And there's a, there's a bunch of others. Yeah. Um, a BMW is doing it on the IX. They're going to have a level three system on there. Um, so we'll see. Have either of you ever driven the uh, Caterham 7 or a Lotus 7 for that matter? I have not. And I, it makes me sad that I have not. I also have not. Also makes me sad, Roberto, that we have not driven that. No, I, I have not driven one either, but I would love to drive one. I've, I've seen lots of them at car shows and cars and coffee and stuff like that. But I've I've never had the opportunity to drive a 7. Um, and, you know, for those not familiar with the 7, you know, this was a car that was originally designed in the early 1960s, might have actually been in the late 50s, uh, by Colin Chapman uh, as the Lotus 7. And Lotus built them for a long time up until the early 70s, um, at which point they decided to stop and they sold all the tooling to another British company called Caterham, who has continued to build them ever since. Um, this is, you know, basically like a, a 1950s, uh, late, late 50s, early 60s era, um, you know, race car. You know, it's a it's a very tiny little roadster, front engine roadster, really ridiculously light. Um, it's beautiful. It looks so yeah, cool. It it is a cool car. Um, and over the years, they put many different engines in there. Um, you know, and you know because it's so light, you actually don't need a ridiculously powerful engine to make these things really really fast. Um, and 
you know, when Lotus built them, they actually sold them as kits. So you could buy a seven kit and assemble it yourself. And Caterham, I think, still sells them as kits or you can buy it fully built. Um, and uh, Caterham is now working on um, developing a, an electric powertrain for this thing. Um, but I'm, you know, I'll be really curious to see how they manage to electrify this thing and keep the character of a seven because, you know, I think. I think they only weigh about less than 1500 pounds. Um, and, uh, you know, putting any, any number of, you know, any decent sized battery in there for a decent sized range. Although really given the nature of the seven, it's probably not a car you want to take on long road trips anyway. You right. So you're not going to need far. this. You're not going to need this, you know, 350, 400 mile range. No one's, no yeah. one's doing that. So you could have a smaller battery in a smaller range and it probably wouldn't, yeah, make any a, people upset put a 25 30 kilowatt hour battery in there give you 100 miles and that that's probably going to be more than that's sufficient. all you're going to want to do yeah yeah that is that is actually one of my dreams i just want a hundred mile convertible that's it yeah i just want to drive around town maybe cruise into the city every once in a while drive around <laughs> the roads up here that's it 100 miles range convertible something just to tool around I mean, that's, that's basically what i do I with my miata so i want to do I take it out, you know, drive around for a couple hours, you know, come back, go nowhere in particular, just, just to drive, you know, just drive in the drive. Yep. All pick right. up a quarter milk or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do do that sometimes, you know, take it over to fresh time to grab some milk. If I run out of milk in the morning, Because that's all that'll fit in the Miata is, is a thing of milk. That's it. That's all you got room for. <laughs> no, like I, the it's milk or eggs, not both. No, <laughs> no I, I, can, I can put both milk and eggs in there at the same time. Yeah. You can put milk and eggs and. But only when a little half six things of eggs, you can't get a full dozen. (laughs) (laughs) Sticking with the electric theme now, uh, the the big news of the week, the Ford F-150 Lightning. Uh, So this is this is coming out mid 2022, uh, roughly about a year, a little more than a year, just over a year from now. Um, This is the electric F-150 that Ford has been promising for a while now. They they actually released a video of a prototype, I guess about a year ago, uh, showing it towing a, a one million pound train, um, you know, at least, you know, about 100 feet or so. Um, but um, uh, yesterday, as we record this, I went out to Ford's uh, Romeo Proving Grounds uh, here in Michigan and had a chance to actually ride in this thing and check it out and learn all about it. And uh yeah, I was I was a little concerned, you know, um, earlier when Ford announced the e-transit um, and they announced that it was only going to have a range of 127 miles. Um, you know, and this is the, the electric version of the, the big transit cargo van. And, you know, at the time, Ford said, you know, that they talked to, you know, transit owners, transit operators, you know, to ask them, you know, what do they need, you know, and figure out, you know, and looking at the telemetry data from the vehicles, you know, figure out how they use them, how much battery do they need to have in this thing, you know, to make it useful to them. And, you know, it turns out, you know, I mean, most, most people who buy transits are, you know, fleet operators, you know, delivery companies and stuff like that. You know, they're usually operating within a limited geographic area. They're not driving long distances. And 127 miles turned out to be sufficient because it turns out that most transits drive about 75 miles a day. Um, and I was a little concerned that they were going to do something similar with the F-150 and, you know, basically just do kind of a simple conversion of F-150, uh, you know, pull out the, the EcoBoost engine and, you know, shove in a battery and a motor. Um, 
and you know make it kind of a you know a compliance thing you know mostly for like landscapers and things like that mm-hmm. turns out they actually did a whole lot more i mean this is almost an entirely new truck um that looks like an f-150 has some different styling on it um the the bodywork is the exterior the, the exterior skin is all unique to make it more a little more aerodynamic a little smoother and different lighting and everything but the entire frame is also unique it's completely it's a completely new frame that's different from the gas and diesel f-150s um has the same mounting points for the cab and the and the bed because the cab and the bed structure is the same but you know i mean this is you know this is a real f-150 you know it's got everything that you expect in an f-150 um comes standard with dual motor uh four-wheel drive 563 horsepower 775 foot pounds of torque on every single one there's no rear wheel drive version there's two different battery sizes 230 mile range and 300 mile range um and they'll have four trim levels from uh the the base work truck the xlt the platinum and the limited and it's going to start at forty thousand dollars for the work truck and you know it only comes as a as a crew cab um and you know so the work truck is going to be basically equivalent to the 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 standard xl and if you price out um a a gas engine xl crew cab with four-wheel drive that's forty two thousand five hundred dollars so this thing is actually cheaper than a gas an equivalent gas f-150 has about twice as much power and three times as much torque and uh almost twice the towing capacity of the 3.3 liter v6 in the, in the xl for less money and uh if it's still if you still have uh tax incentives available when it comes out it'll be even cheaper than that you'll be able to get it for like thirty two thousand dollars um and they did a lot of really cool things with this thing like um the uh the if you get the extended range battery uh it's got uh it comes with it's got two onboard ac chargers and it comes with uh, an 80 amp wall box for charging this thing so you get that for free you just have to get it installed in your garage um and uh what else oh uh it has the pro power on board system that you have on the the other 2021 f-150s um so the base setup is 2.4 kilowatt output with um i think six ac uh, one 120 volt outlets, uh, and including two in the frunk. And there's a, by the way, there's a frunk, front trunk. Um, and there's an optional 9.6 kilowatt version, uh, Ooh. that comes with 11 outlets. So you get two, <laughs> two, only two, 11, come two on. outlets in the frunk, two in the cab, um, six more 120 volt outlets in the bed and a 240 volt outlet and so while we were there they they had a whole bunch of stuff hooked up they had a cement mixer and (laughs) an air compressor and a whole bunch of uh shop lights and um uh uh a stereo and um oh a a miter saw all running at the same time (laughs) off of this thing and it was only drawing about four kilowatts so this thing's got a lot of power available and on top of that they also have a feature that they're calling um, Pro Backup um, or Pro Power Backup, I think. I can't remember the exact branding off the top of my head. But basically what it is, um, if you if you get that feature, um, they've got a partnership with Sunrun, which is a company that does solar installations. 
and um, you you get uh, an inverter that you can install in your garage, and uh, it's got uh, a CCS DC charging outlet you plug in, and you can use that. You can get 9.6 kilowatts out of the truck that feeds back into your house um, or your business or whatever when if your power goes out. So you can basically pretty much power your whole house off of this thing for up to three days. Wow. That would be cool. Okay, so so so, so is, is, is it really just Hyundai and Ford now that has vehicle to, to grid now or vehicle to, to infrastructure? Um, well, the Hyundai system is actually what they're doing. They have just a, it's more like the the pro power system where it's basically just a power takeoff where they've got a, an outlet that you can power stuff off of. So it's not it won't actually power your home. Oh, it doesn't go back into the, the, the no. charging system. Okay. Um, Nissan on the Leaf, the Leaf actually has support yeah. for vehicle, their vehicle to home setup. Mm-hmm. Of, and uh, but it's through the Chatamo outlet. And there are products in Japan that you can get, you know, that basically a box that you can hook up to your house and plug in. And the, the inverter that Ford is offering uh, through Sunrun is a smart inverter that it'll automatically switch. So as soon as your power goes out, it'll automatically switch to drawing power from the truck. Uh, and uh, the the Nissan system does the same thing, but nobody's ever offered a, a box for it in the U.S. market. Yeah. That's actually really cool that, that you can power your house. Because I just think about all the people who have um, generators here for when mm-hmm. we have power outages, which we frequently get during the winter when the you know snow is heavy enough to take down lines. And you rarely need it for more than a short time. You know, the power is not yeah. generally out for three days straight. It has happened, but that's really unusual. Normally, it's like, oh, you got two or three hours, you got five or six hours, you don't have power. It would be really nice to just think, well, we can leave the truck plugged in yeah. and that'll keep the house toasty and it'll keep the food from going bad in the fridge. And that would be, that's, that's hugely appealing to someone who has had to deal with no power for a few, few hours at a time in the winter. Yeah. Well, in the, in, in, in Northern California, especially because of the PG&E will, will turn off power for days right. at a time during the summer and in That's the fall right. because we have, because they don't want to start a fire like they do every year. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they, yeah, you, you, you'll be, you know, you'll be off the grid for a few days. Sometimes, you know, people you'll hear from, you know, friends who are 48, 76 hours. We are right wow. next to a switch to a station. to like one of the substations. So our, we are one block from having our power shut off. So we've never had our power shut off. <laughs> wow. Which is good for me because I work from home, but yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's yeah. Hard. And for for situations, you know, where you've got rolling blackouts where they might shut it off for, you know, a few hours of, you know, in one location and then shift to another location for a few hours and so on. You know, that that ability to automatically switch back and forth so that, you know, as soon as when the power goes out, it'll start taking power from the car. Uh, and then when it comes back on, it'll automatically switch and start recharging your recharging the truck again. And what you know, they've got there's a thing in the in the menus in the truck. That you can set a minimum to allow it to go down to so that um, oh so yeah, it won't you run your it. truck dry yeah like you yeah, know you'll still have me, yeah okay. leave me at least you know 50 or 75 miles of range or wh- whatever whatever amount of range you want so it's not like yeah. it could clean you out and then suddenly you go to get in the truck it's like i have no battery oh, yeah. yeah no um, that would be bad especially if a hot fire bad. happens to happen <laughs> yeah so um yeah i mean there's a lot of a lot of neat features like that uh, the the trunk the front trunk um you know because I mean, you know this thing is shaped like an f-150 you know, it's, there's a big space in there. You know, it's actually 14.1 cubic feet for the front trunk. 
Uh, when they opened it up, they had two golf bags in there. But I mean, you know, this is the size of a, a good size trunk, you know, on a regular car that's in I the was, front. It's and the funny thing, like you, like normally you see the frunks in there, these tiny little things. They're yeah. like an add on thing. It's like, oh, you can you can't even stick a carry on in them. Like they're very, very right. tiny. It's like, no, this thing is it's huge. I it mean, you, you, you have a huge space, like you said, bigger than the average bigger than some of the trunks you'll find on a typical sedan. So it's like, that is, that's a significant amount of additional cargo that you can lock down and, you know, keep inside and keep safe. That's kind of yeah, neat. And too. they've got hooks in there and cargo nets, you know, so you can, you know, you can put your groceries in there and keep them restrained. So they're not sliding around. And there's a, a little, there's a, a tray in the front part of it. And there's a cover. You can lift it off and stick it in there as a partition. Uh, and then there's a, a drain just like there's in the Mach-E front trunk. So you can use it, you can fill it with ice or, you know, if you, you put your wet gear, fill it with shrimp, uh, you know, have your, have your tailgate parties in there. Although, you know, because it's electric, um, you know, what you can also do is you can just, you know, stick a mini fridge in the bed and just plug it in. Um, and you know, so you don't have fun as filling your frunk with ice. Come on. Well, you can, you can fill the frunk with ice for the shrimp, there but you can camping. stick the beers in the fridge. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So All right. The shrimp, or, the shrimp the and the shrimp. ice. Okay, or so you can use the ice. For a blender, and you can have mixed drinks. There look you go. At all, look at all these interesting things we thought to do and, that and have nothing so to And you have more than enough power to drive the blender. So <laughs> yeah, you have enough power to drive the blender. You have the ice. You have all the space. You can yeah, you get everything. So everything clearly, they missed the mark, Sam, when they had like miter saws and all this practical yeah. stuff hooked up. What they should have had was like a blender, some margaritas, and like oh, now I get it. <laughs> we, I had the F one fifty with the power. Um, I forget what's called power thing. And um, we hooked up a television, a Nintendo Switch, and um, a toaster oven. And we made little pizza bagels <laughs> while playing uh, a Mario Kart out in the middle of a field. That was our That's perfect. awesome. <laughs> I, I'm, did, they, did they tell you what sort of what architecture it's built? Is it 400, 800 volts? It's, like it's a 400 volt system. Okay. Um, so charging is 150 kilowatt charging. Um, you know, so it'll... It'll fully charge um, on 150 kilowatts in, in about an hour. Um, you know, and they, they're not saying right now what the battery is, but um, from, from what they said, you know, we figured out that it's probably roughly about 150 kilowatt hour battery for the extended mm -hmm. range and probably somewhere around 110 or so for the, the standard range version. Um, it's, uh, oh, they, the suspension, uh, you know, it's coil spring suspension all around, independent suspension on the rear. Uh, you get the mo a motor at each end, um, semi trailing arm rear suspension, which I thought was was unusual. It wasn't wasn't what I was expecting there. Uh, you don't find too many of those anymore. Um, what else? Uh, let's see. The uh, <clears throat> oh, uh, you know, it's it's got the the optional the fifteen and a half inch touchscreen that's in the Mach E. You get the same one with the the big volume knob on there is available in the uh, in the uh, Lightning and. Uh, um, sync 4a and, and all that good stuff. Oh, uh, they talked about, um, charging, um, you know, and, and range estimation and they're, they're enhancing the, the range estimation system in there. Cause you know, one of the, one of the, one of the big challenges is with, um, you know, knowing how much real range you actually have left. And, uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ford announced uh, a new feature that's available on the, on the F-150, on the regular F-150s. Now this smart scale system where they put some sensors under the bed, like between the bed and the frame rail um, that you can use uh, when you're loading up the truck 
you know, you you actually know how much weight you're putting in there. So you, oh, wow. you don't overload it, uh, th- which is a really cool feature. You know, so, if you know, the truck's got a 2000 pound payload. You only put 2000 pounds of cement in there uh, or whatever you're whatever you're loading up. And there's also a smart uh, trailer hitch as well. Um, so, you, you know, that the, the trailer uh, tongue weight isn't too high. Well, what they're doing, they're going to have the same those same features on the lightning, but they're taking the information from that and incorporating that into um, the range estimation. So, you know, if you're driving around with the truck empty, you know, you're, you don't have that load in there. You're going to be able to go farther. You start loading the thing up and uh, then, you know, it, it'll know how much load you've put in there and it will adjust the range estimation. And it oh, also kind of cool. It also um, adjusts the range estimation based on individual driver profiles. So in, in Sync 4, um, you know, you can have driver profiles tied to each key fob uh, or to your phone if you're using the phone as a key system. Um, so when you get in, you know, based on the fob you're holding, it'll load up your profile or you can select it manually if you want. And then it keeps track of the way that you each individual driver drives, you know, so somebody's a lead foot and somebody else is more efficient. It will, depending on which driver profile is loaded up, it will customize the range estimation based on who's driving it. Oh, that's uh, nice. Uh, that's yeah. cool. Um, oh, and and uh, one other thing, you know, because this thing can tow 10,000 pounds, um, you know, one of the problems, you know, uh, back a few years ago when Tesla introduced the Model X, um, you know, and they said you can tow with this thing, Dan Edmonds, who used to be at Edmonds.com, uh, no relation to the the family that owned the, the site, um, he did a bunch of range tests or it did a bunch of t- trailer towing tests with a model X, uh, towing a, a trailer around, you know, he went to Arizona and a few other places. And one of the challenges that he always found, if you've ever gone to an EV charging station, they're all, they're almost all set up now, you know, as with pull in bays, you know, because you're usually sitting there for, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, however long. Uh, and, they're not designed like gas stations, you know, where they're, you're designed to drive through. But if you're towing a trailer, that's a real problem. Yeah. And so um, Ford is working with, uh, you know, working with some of their uh, charging network partners like Electrify America uh, to add drive through um, charging bays at some of their stations. So uh, EA is actually doing um, first ones this year. Um, uh, there's a station, uh, I think like in Baker, California, somewhere between LA and Las Vegas. Um, they're putting in a, a, a drive through, uh, charging bay there for people towing a trailer and they're doing a couple of other locations as well to start with. And then they'll, they'll expand it from there. Um, so, you know, if you're towing a trailer, you don't have to unhook your trailer and then pull into the bay to, to charge. So it'll be a lot more convenient. Cool. That's, yeah, cool. No, that's, that's something you wouldn't think of. As a rule, but yeah, it's good that they thought of it because once you have that truck that actually has some capability and utility, you do not want to have to back up every time you charge no. it. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, Tesla says they're supposed they're they're or they said who knows um, what they're doing now, but they said that uh, after the Cybertruck because they were like, oh, you can tow things. They're like, how? Because yeah. you have to back every Tesla up until it's spot. Like, what do right. I do with my trailer? Do I unhook my trailer, leave it down the street, and then pull in? And they're like, oh, we're going to have drive-through superchargers and. You know how quickly Tesla is able to just drop a supercharger somewhere is is pretty it is impressive. So I feel like they're going to, but I mean, we Cybertruck. I feel like I say they still need away. the truck. Like, like yeah, they yeah, still need. Like, they let's still need work more on the truck. The, they still need more than the one truck that Elon drives around. 
Yeah, the the Cybertruck's probably Let's not. Let's say have two, you know. Yeah, that's, that, that's probably not going to be out until some at least middle of next year anyway, and maybe longer than that. Um, you know, you think some, it'll be out by the middle of next year? I, I you said really at do? least. Okay. Look Prob- at him. He's like, hold longer. up, Nicole. Yeah. Hold up. <laughs> we, we did have a couple of uh, Twitter questions uh, about the uh, F-150 Lightning. Um, Tom Goebel asked, how much, how far, how fast? So, I, I you know. How, fa- how far? Um, 230 or 300 miles for the standard and extended range batteries. So similar to Mach-E, but with bigger batteries because this thing's heavier. Um, how much? Starting price, 40 grand. Um, a fully loaded, limited with all the available options, they said, will be somewhere around probably close to 90, uh, which is not that much more than what you would pay for a, you know a gas or diesel F-150 limited. Um, and how fast? Uh, well, with two motors and 563 horsepower uh, at the moment, at least until the Raptor R shows up, this is actually the most powerful F-150 ever. Um, and uh, during the, the demo I got, it did zero to 60 in about four seconds. Uh, so it's pretty quick. Uh, can I can it get a step side bed? No. Uh, Good. No, no nobody have, offered. I, no one should have a step side bed. Yeah. I have, a, I have, a, I have, I hate stepside beds, and I know a lot of people hate me for hating stepside beds, but I don't understand them. I don't know why they exist <laughs> because you're, you're removing cool. space. No, they don't. Then they're removing <laughs> space from the bed. A truck is a utility vehicle, and we're like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm removing space. Why? Well, you see those two little steps right there. <laughs> I'm like, well, okay then. <laughs> it sort of, kind of looks like a 1950s pickup truck. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Oh um, my gosh. let's see price range charge times uh charging time so this was uh one of the interesting things they mentioned um you know because the battery is bigger you know obviously the bigger your battery is the longer it takes to charge um the standard range version the standard uh, the, the 230 mile range version they uh it has a single um uh, ac onboard ac charger um for charging the battery and they said their goal was, you know, that you should be able to fully charge the thing in under eight hours overnight. Uh, and so for the, the long range version, uh, in order to meet that, they had to add a second charger on there. And that's why they also give you the 80 amp, um, which is a 19.2 kilowatt uh, wall box uh, to charge it with. And that will charge it in under eight hours um, at, you know, at home with that wall box. And then up. Uh, uh, from uh, from a 150 kilowatt uh, DC fast charger, you can do it in about an hour for a full charge. Uh, let's see what else was there. Uh, uh, Pro power on board. Yep, it does have that as I mentioned, and uh, it's, uh, 9.2 or 9.6 kilowatts uh, available from 11 outlets. Um, you can and with the 240 volt uh, outlet on there, you can even hook up your your MIG welder, you know, to weld stuff up. Uh, they, they kept, you know, they deliberately kept, uh, the box size, the same, you know, the box dimensions, the same as any other F-150 because they expect a lot of the customers for this thing are going to be commercial customers, um, that, you know, are going to want to take advantage of the, the re- reduced operating costs of this thing. And so, um, 
you know, a lot of those customers have various upfit gear that they put in their trucks, you know, whether it's a landscaper, you know, tool racks or, you know, uh, contractors, whatever. And, you know, they often, you know, when they buy new trucks, you know, when they retire a truck and get a new truck, they'll take that gear and take it off the old truck and put it on the new one. And they can do the same thing with this one. They can just take the stuff off their old truck, put it on here. No problem at all. Leave the generator at home. They yeah. Just made a, they just left right. space for their mini fridge. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that's that's all the questions I think we've got uh, for right now. Uh, anything else you guys want to know about the uh, the lightning? Um, do, 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 do. Pre-orders start on the nineteenth when it's unveiled. Um, Hundred dollars oh. for a pre-order. How and many it, pre-orders do you think they're going to get right off the bat? What if that Cybertruck had like a quarter of a million in like? 2.5 seconds do you think they're going to get a ton of them i think they'll get a lot i don't i don't know that they'll get that many i don't think they'll get that many um, no no but one one thing that i i did ask about you know they're they've been building um a separate um facility next to the rouge plant in dearborn where they build f-150s um you know their electric manufacturing center i think it's called and for uh for that one you know i i was assuming that what they were going to do there was just do the sub-assembly of the uh, the skateboard for this thing and then ship that inside and, and you know, made it up with the body on the main line. But in fact, that's actually a, a complete separate assembly line that they're using for that. And they're all they're going to build there is the, the Lightning. That's, wow. know, so it's got a completely separate factory just for the Lightning. Well, when the Ford F-150 like prints money like it does for Ford, you can sort of, yeah, let's just make another, another factory. A whole other factory, one. more money. Fine. Yep. It's fine. No, I, I think, I think this thing's going to do really well, you know, because it does all of the things that you expect an F-150 to do. Uh, and, you know, and it does other stuff too, like, you know, like the power capabilities and, um, you know, it's, I think that. I think that there's a lot, I mean, there's going to be a lot, there's going to be customers, those that tow a lot, you know, all the time will probably not want to get this one right now, at least not this first generation one. Uh, you'll probably still want to go with the diesel because, um, you know, you can go farther with it. Um, you know, you don't, you're going to, there's, you're not going to have the, the, the challenges of charging it when you're, when you've got a trailer hooked up. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and that's why, you know, Ford's going to continue to offer those for a while. But I think for a lot of customers, you know, this is going to be this is going to be a great option. Um, you know, I mean, I know living here in Michigan, you know, on Friday afternoons, if you hit I-75 heading north from Metro Detroit on a Friday afternoon, um, you will just see a train of pickup trucks heading north you know, to northern Michigan. You know, in the summertime, they're hauling jet skis. Uh, in the wintertime, they're hauling snowmobiles and, you know, Sunday afternoons, same thing, head, heading back the other way, heading back towards the Metro Detroit uh, southbound. And there's there are three Electrify America stations along the way in northern Michigan, uh, in, in Gaylord and Bay City and I forget where the other one, Cadillac, I think. Um, you know, so, you know, going basically along the routes that people take in, in, in Michigan to go, you know, to go up north on the weekends you you'll be able to stop and charge these things up. And I, I would be shocked if electrify America doesn't install, um, you know, drive through chargers at most of those, at all three of those stations by the time the F one fifty comes out. Well, we have the same thing. We have the, if you're going to 
the mountain, the White Mountains Lakes region in New Hampshire, which is people from New Hampshire and Massachusetts and even a little further south, there is a spot to do charging that's like where everyone goes before it splits, depending on the direction you're heading is Tesla superchargers and, you know, just generic EV chargers. I can imagine doing the same thing because it's a similar situation. All you see are people with boats and campers and all sorts of stuff hooked up to the back. And that would be the ideal place for them just to be able to drive in and out rather than the whole backing up thing. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, Anything else? Anything else you guys want to add? I got nothing. Sorry I slept in last week. Yeah, whatever, Roberto. We were awake. I just want to let you know we got some coffee. We were ready to go. No, Roberto. That's okay. We're fine. I am on the Pacific side of the country, though. Yes. <laughs> right. It's, it's still early for you now. Yeah. Now it's late. Now I'm paying the price because of me. We're yeah. recording later. So I'm like, oh, gosh, it's getting late. I'm tired. And you got to leave the house at two in the morning. I had to leave the house at two in the morning to get a flight. No problem. Two hours of sleep. I'm good. I'm good. It's cool. The yeah. sun's still out where I live. I can still see the Shush. sun. Look Shush. at that sunshine and happiness. Oh, be quiet. <laughs> it only went down here about an hour and a half ago. So, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody. And uh, we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.